Since the beginning of time, philosophers, spiritual leaders, and even musicians themselves have all shared their convictions about the power of music and its ability to influence attitudes and behaviors for good or for ill. Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle are just a few to affirm these observations. In modern times, scientists and musicologists have also weighed in on music's extraordinary power to affect body and brain chemistry, positively and negatively. Yet, many parents still see music as a benign form of entertainment that serves as nothing more than just that, entertainment. Could the music we allow in our homes be a catalyst for some of the ill behaviors that can wreak havoc in our homes? We'll talk about it next with Pastor Joe Schimmel. This is Licensed to Parent. Hi, I'm Michelle Hill, and I'm glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry. Trace is the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. Our goal on Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherd's Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. Joyce, you've always held that music is an underestimated power and influence when considering some of the turmoil and chaos that describes a lot of American families today. Why is it that music is something that more parents need to better understand and deal with? Well, uh, Michelle, I used to think that, that something so obvious only needed someone to point out the obvious. But I've since come to realize that maybe it isn't as obvious as I once thought. I, I wasn't plugging in the cognitive dissonance factor, the addiction factor, or the reprobate state of our culture factor. I truly believe that the lack of discernment with respect to the power of music stems from one of three things, or maybe all three at the same time. Now, keep in mind, we now live in a society where medical and mental health care professionals, educators and legislators, and even some Supreme Court justices can't even discern the difference between a male and female anymore, or whether kids should be able to choose their own gender despite their anatomy, their chromosomal makeup, the science, the objective truth, or common sense. The question is why these things aren't more obvious to more people. Well, so it's like I just said. Uh, first, we live in a systemically mentally ill society that has largely become reprobate. And for those who still know what sin actually is, many just don't care. It's blatant rebellion from God, and sin will make you stupid. I'm not saying that sex, drugs, and rock and roll are all inherently sinful things in proper context. But illicit sex, drugs, and rock and roll is another story. And when people dub America as the nation of sex, drugs, and rock and roll, illicit sex, drugs, and rock and roll is exactly what they mean. So basically, it's rebellion against God. Sin, plain and simple. Uh, could it be that our nation's reward for illicit sex, drugs, and rock and roll has been systemic uh, mental illness? I mean, I don't know. Cognitive distance is just one of, the, one of its manifestations. It's a matter of the mind justifying what the heart has already accepted. And all this gets synergistically fueled when addiction is brought into the equation. Because it, you know, it, it can be argued that addiction is just a clinical term for what the Bible describes as idolatry, which is something one can't or thinks he can't live without. Music can be as addictive as any drug. Kids affirm that to me all the time here at Shepherd's Hill. And I, I see way more kids willing to give up their drugs, believe this or not, than give up their illicit music. And I mean illicit music. This is largely because everyone knows that drugs are bad for you, while virtually nobody gets the dangers in music. 
I think this is largely because music is so deeply spiritual and therefore spiritually discerned. But when you have a reprobate society that suffers from cognitive dissonance, you, you can lay, lay it all out for them. You can give them the facts, the figures, the science. You can film it. You can have uh, the artists themselves mock you for listening to it. You can, you can put on hand puppets and act it out for them, and they still don't see it. Now, add addiction to the equation, and you've got a, a, a real cocktail for chaos, destruction, and ultimately death. Music, and, and by the way, just look at the average age of a rock star. And music addiction is like any other addiction. It's a dopamine hit that the addict has to keep returning to just to feel normal. The problem? Well, we're in a new normal and have been for over half a century. And partially, if not largely, through music, this new normal is destroying us as a society. Well, today on Licensed to Parent, our guest is Pastor Joe Schimmel. Pastor Schimmel has been equipping Christians with the truth of God's Word since 1987 in his testimony of the transforming power of Jesus Christ in his own life can be seen on the powerful expose, They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll. Brother Joe started Good Fight Ministries with a mission to reach a lost and dying world with the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Joe's life work, Joe's life work and ministry are dedicated to carrying out the great commission of Jesus Christ. Welcome, Joe Schimmel. Uh, it's great to be here. Uh, we've got a great start. I can say amen and amen to everything you and Trace have said so far. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you, is there anything I said that was out of line? No, it was no, it was great. I, I mean, I just sat here like, praise God, this brother knows what's going on, because very few do. They're they're very, uh, and it breaks our hearts. But we have to speak the truth. Uh, uh, they they rejoice that they've gone under the parental radar, many of these uh, artists and so forth, and have targeted our children. And that's what a lot of folks aren't aware of is that this is very systematic. Uh, not as much maybe from the human in the human realm as much in the spiritual realm. Right. Uh, and many Christians aren't aware that we, the Bible is very clear that, you know, we're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, we're told, and, and that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. And when we realize that Satan is an angelic being and he was a, he's a musician, a fallen yeah. musician, and he is far higher than we are, and so are the angels. We're, we're created lower than the angels. And we realize that the anointed cherub in the book of Revelation, chapter 4 and 5, uh, we read about the cherubim uh, leading the worship in heaven, the worship that becomes this huge crescendo throughout the whole angelic realm. And then uh, even human creation and praise to Jesus as a victory begins with the cherubim. And Satan was an anointed cherub, we read, before he fell in Ezekiel chapter 28. And he had, he, he'll be brought down, it says in Isaiah 14, as he says he wanted to be like the Most High God with his stringed instruments. He, and it's interesting that the Lord associates uh, music with, with Satan and the angelic host. So these entities, God, God mentions the power of song and music, and Satan's very aware of this. So when we look at the most repeated command in Scripture by far, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of commands that are repeated to, uh, to sing to the Lord. But and music isn't we, something you know, the devil came up with. Music is something that God came up with. And the devil has kind of right. uh, uh, twisted it. But my question, it seems like guys like you and me uh, can see and discern things about music and entertainment that the vast majority of people just absolutely do not see and discern. Or am I flattering myself? No, I think you hit the nail on the head in the different uh, things you had brought up that it is, it is an addiction. I mean, when you study addiction... 
the science is is with us to prove this is a reality. You know, we've mm-hmm. got Billboard magazine interviewing a brain scientist, Pellegrino, saying that uh, he's been studying the brain for you know twenty years. He said he's never found something as powerful as a song. He said the song can one song can change the person's brain chemistry. That was a Billboard interview, Time magazine, another secular you know outlet stated. Clearly, you know, did a whole study on, you know, reported a whole study on the brain and, and music and said it's like sticking a sponge in water. Well, yeah. the, the music today is not just water. It's, it's like a cesspool. Oh, it's, it's like it's sticking your, your brain in a cesspool. Yeah. Well, d- does one have to be a, uh, you know, ha- have to have a special set of spiritual goggles to see what folks like you and I see? Or can this be required? You mentioned we read in Isaiah. We read here. We read here. I don't think a lot of people are taking the time to, to read. Is can, can, can they acquire this these insights, or are we just born with this? Because it just it, it seems like more people should be seeing this. Yeah, and, and absolutely. Uh, I think a lot of what we need is more, uh, you know, Holy Spirit uh, sharing and preaching. Uh, Jesus said the Holy Spirit would convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And that word "convict" there is elenkos, and it, it's the same Greek word that. Paul uses in First Corinthians fourteen that uh, whereby the Holy Spirit uses believers to uh, through the power of the Spirit to bring people to their fall on their face to con- you know mm-hmm. and under conviction and it's the same a word used trace and and the shell that we also see in Ephesians five have no fellowship with the unfruitful deeds of darkness but rather expose them oh, and it's yeah. transit exposed there and it says awake from the dead mm-hmm. O sleeper let the light of Christ shine on you. So I think that there needs to be a powerful work of the Holy Spirit who uses believers to convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment, and he uses believers to expose the darkness and to shake people out of this morass that they're, this blindness that they're in. Uh, and it, you said it's, it's a, and I thought it was very, very powerful when you were mentioning, Trace, that we're talking about a spiritual power. We're also mm-hmm. talking about a, a, a physiologically addictive power. Right. It's just I was mm-hmm. studying, I'm getting ready to do a, a men's retreat, and I've been studying, uh, you know, a list of things that we need to, <laughs> the scriptures mentioned that we need to make sure we're overcoming. And the science is very similar with regard to the music change the brain is pornography. And mm-hmm. the science is out of the pro- pornography now that it literally changes a person's brain chemistry right. and it reduces them to like an adolescent in their way of thinking. And Satan just loves this because he's, you know, Paul said we're supposed to, as Christians, get beyond the milk and, 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 and be into the meat of the word yeah. because... If you're in milk, you know, uh, Hebrews chapter uh, 5 talks about those who are in milk as well. It talks about that they can't discern between good and evil. And then mm-hmm. Hebrews 6 talks about apostasy, warns about, you know, the destruction of, of, of wayward believers. So this is something we need to take seriously. So, Joe, what types of music are we talking about here? Are we talking about music that is produced by non-Christians? Or what genres are we talking about? Yeah, I mean, it's it can run the gamut. Uh, you know, I, I personally, you know, don't make, I don't tell people, hey, here's where you need to draw your line as far as musical expression. I have my own convictions. I mean, I'll say, hey, somewhere before, somewhere after Keith Green, you know. Uh, I like, I, I, you know, I like personally, you know, groups like, you know, Shane and Shane, which do a lot of just praise and, and worship music and so forth and just exalt God and, and you know, and us, you know, help us you into the presence of God through praise and worship. But when it comes to, uh, musical expression. Uh, there's certain. This my personal conviction. There's certain expressions of music. Uh, you know, I, I I don't think it should be up for debate. My opinion, like thrash metal, death metal, expressions yeah. of music that are just overtly 
just, uh, you know, the Bible says, sing with grace in your heart unto the Lord. So if you can't have an expression of music with grace, I can at least peel the scripture for an expression. Uh, it, it, does it really meet the grace threshold? What we're looking at with so much music out there, the popular music music is still rap music and, and, and rock music and what have you. These expressions of music are, are I mean, you guys have seen, I'm sure, at least I know Trace has, they sold their souls for rock and roll. And we go through so much music, including rap music, rock music. And we show where these top artists are admitting that they're channeling over and over again different spirit entities, glorifying Satanism, blasphemy, uh, suicide, uh, the occult, you know, witchcraft, all those sorts of things. Well, we're coming up on a break, Joe. And I'm going to leave it with this. I do want to pick up, though, afterwards. We're talking about how do you know good from bad music and all that stuff. And when I... Look, I'm not going to say that all the devil's music is found in, in rock, rap, hip-hop, all that stuff, but I will say this, and I'm going to follow up after the break. The devil has found a home there. Absolutely. No more that I would say that all crime comes from the inner city, but I will say the devil's found a home there. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent is Pastor Joe Schimmel. Trace Embry, Joe, and I will be right back after this break. Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis, is celebrating 20 years of ministry. There have been many distractions in our work through the years as a result of a four-lane highway that divided our land. As a result, plans are underway to develop a whole new campus designed to improve our students' therapeutic experience away from the highway noise, along with up-to-date infrastructure and staff offices, all to help smooth out the day-to-day operations. The five-year, two-phase plan will begin with a new dining hall, followed by two new school buildings, also containing a new studio for licensed to parent. Please consider partnering with us, building together a new and improved Shepherd's Hill Academy. Learn more and make your gift today. Shepherdshillacademy.org slash building together. That's shepherdshillacademy.org slash building together. And thanks for helping us provide healing to teens in crisis. Hi folks, Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a one-year residential program for teens in crisis, and today we are helping you, the parent, think through the importance of music and the music your child listens to. Our guest is Pastor Joe Schimmel. And Joe, just before the break, we were talking through just the genre of what to listen to, what to watch out for, and 
I am wondering, when the younger generation comes to you and asks how they should discern between good and evil music, just how do you guide them? How do you counsel them through that? Well, I take them to Scripture and emphasize the teaching of Scripture that uh, the Scriptures say if they speak not according to the Word, it's because there's no light in them. I emphasize that, you know, the, the psalmist talks about the theme of my life are, 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 are uh, my songs, he says, the theme of my songs is, is your word, you know. And Paul, directing the church at Colossae and the church at Ephesus, these were pagans who had their own pagan music, and these pagan cultures were enthralled with, you know, their history and their music. And just like he told the church at Ephesus uh, in Ephesians chapter, I should say Acts nineteen nineteen, they they burned all their books on the occult. It was like, Worth, worth millions of dollars, we're told, in the New Living Translation, uh, which is more of a modern, you know, vernacular, uh, 50,000 mm-hmm. pieces of silver, <laughs> the King James, a lot of money. They, got, they jettisoned all this stuff. Well, guess what? Paul also deals with their music. And he says, he talks about putting off the old man and putting on the new man, just like he does at the Church of Colossae. And he says to get a new music, you know? He says to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. This was totally foreign to them. Can you imagine how hard that would have maybe have been unless they were sold out to Jesus. So I emphasize, first of all, you need to make sure you're willing to do the Lord's will, and you're sold out to Him, wanting to truly glorify God. And now when you look at the Scripture, God has created music for us to worship Him. In fact, it says to teach one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So I encourage them. I say, do you realize that music was used not only to glorify God and worship, but also to teach? And that's what Satan is doing. He's using it to be worshipped himself and to teach people you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, and the occult. So I encourage them to look to the Scripture, and if they don't speak according to the Word, and that's about self-gratification, about what I can get out of life, rather than glorifying God and living for Him, and having true spiritual life, that it should be jettisoned. So I, I, I go through a series of certain Scriptures that talk about how to glorify the Lord in our music. The Lord says, you know, that the, the prayer, again, you know, the psalmist is, you know, let the, you know, the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord. So that's the deal is we really want to glorify the Lord. Of course, we're dealing with a lot of young people and older people as well. Their parents are oftentimes into a lot of raunchy music as well. So we need to to glorify God. Yeah, and, and I think we can glorify God when we're genuinely entertained by something that is genuinely good and pure and right. And I think sometimes secular music, there can be some wonderful secular songs written by secular artists that can convey redemptive uh, you know, messages and just pr- they can put together some very beautiful things. I'm, I'm not here to, to divide the two. Uh, I'm just here to talk about uh, evil and good music. And I think sometimes uh, labeled Christian music, you know, especially through the production company of Tooth and Nail, can produce some pretty evil stuff. And I want to talk about that in, in a minute. But when the kids ask me at Shepherd's Hill, uh, how do I discern the difference between good and evil music? My, my, my answer is, is, do you want the spiritual answer or the mechanical one? Because the spiritual answer is, I don't know, but I know it when I hear it. And I said, very few of you in here are, are spiritually mature enough to, 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 to properly discern that. So I'm going I'm to give you a mechanical answer and run with that until you grow in your spirituality. And I say, if it gives you negative feelings about yourself, your neighbor, or your God, you probably want to steer clear from it. If, if you can listen to it with Jesus, you're probably fine. If it gives you positive feelings about yourself, your neighbor, or your God, or objectively true feelings, because sometimes, you know, uh, even Jesus talks about, we played a dirge for you, you didn't mourn. We played a flute for you, you did not dance. 
But if it gives you these, you know, positive feelings about truth and God, then I'd say, you know what, you're probably okay. Your thoughts on that, Joe? I agree with that. Uh, at the same time, I would personally say we can't stop it feeling. You mentioned the mechanical part would be the, uh, one of the first steps because the Bible says the heart's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. You right. know it. And we can be so easily self-deceived. So I would, I would go with also, because I do believe there's a subjective element, which I think is important that you have brought that out, but also with that subjective element, because I do believe the Lord can give us a sense. Obviously, hey, this is, this is dark. You know, this is not, mm-hmm. and, and you know, as you mentioned, could you, could you listen to it with Jesus there? And how much of the music, I mean, obviously a lot of kids would, at that point, they'd blush at that point and say, wow, because a lot of their music is riddled with, you know, just, it's a bunch of cuss words put to music, a lot of the rap music and so forth. But also right. the objective criterion is, you know, uh, it does it glorify God, you know, or does it not glorify God? Because, it, as you mentioned, it emphasizes, uh, you know, negative, unscriptural uh, behavior. Yeah, well, here's, here's the biggie that I get, and I can't seem to get people to, to understand, and this is where I think there needs to be some spiritual discernment. Uh, many people would agree that there's, there's something amiss about the vile lyrics in much of you know, today's rock, rap, hip-hop, uh, especially for kids. But almost nobody understands that without lyrics in the equation, the music itself, the beats, rhythms, chord progressions, melodies, energy, and more can together all speak a language, a message that transcends our cognitive faculties. Now, why is this? No, and I, I agree with that, and I do believe very strongly because I, you know, research as, as you know, you have as well, Trace, that there are people channeling demonic entities, you know, and music, it, God created music to bring us into a state of, it's, it's a beautiful, powerful uh, thing, but then we even find musicians, for instance, take, let's take one of the biggest bands of all time, you know, uh, Led Zeppelin, which, by the way, has a huge amount of young fans today, the, the band, huge amount mm-hmm. of young fans because their parents have turned them on to them, and the whole classic rock thing. Well, it's interesting, you know, Page, you know, on the, uh, Jimmy Page, uh, the lead guitarist, on the runoff Matrix of Led Zeppelin three. He had Do What Thou Wilt, which was, uh, you know, from Aleister Crowley's Satanism. He's a follower of Aleister Crowley. Put on one he side, bought his side home. It, yeah, and he bought his home overlooking Loch Ness. That's right. On the other side, uh, on the rough matrix, is says Somo be it, which is a spell. You know, was is used in witchcraft to cast spells. Well, it's not just, but what's going on musically? Because Page didn't barely sing. Of course, they're singing a lot of raunchy lyrics, Robert Plant, and so forth you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll again. But Jimmy Page being interviewed by William Burroughs, who was a leading, you know, uh, writer, got a Nobel Prize for uh, his books and so forth. Well, he's an occultist. He, he said he was, he, he admitted, he said he had a, had a demon in him, and he shot an apple off his wife's head. He said he was trying to shot or killed her in Mexico. You know, they bought in that story. I don't know what happened there, but I'll mm. say this is, he was interviewing Jimmy Page, and he said, Jimmy, I know that... And by the way, he coined the phrase, that he coined the term heavy metal, William Burroughs. And he said, mm-hmm. I was at one of your concerts. And he was much older than, you know, that generation, but he was enthused on the occult aspect of Led Zeppelin. He said, I noticed when you guys are playing, he goes, you're, 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 you're a, basically a conduit of energy from the spiritual world. He said, it reminds me of... He goes, it reminds me of the Moroccan... Uh, magicians to where they summoned Pan. And he talked about this transformation that took place at the concert where he saw what was happening to the audience. And Jimmy Page responded by saying that I play certain chord progressions that are intended to get people into a trance. 
Okay, so this is showing you the motivation about manipulating people through music. And let me say one last thing in that regard. There's their song, uh, House of the Holy. It says, so your world is spinning faster. Are you dizzy when you're stoned? Let the music be your master. We heed the master's call, Satan and man. And anybody listening, they can check that out. They could just type in How's the Holy lyrics. And even the secular, you know, people that put the lyrics down, they have Satan and man. So we're talking about more than human ingenuity behind these songs. They're, he's practicing Crowley's magic, which is all about summoning demons. And these demonic entities are influencing people. And sure, they know how to, they, they know how to uh, use music to, uh, I mean, it's used on commercials over and over again. They have the jingles because they they spend millions and millions and millions of dollars right. on their productions because they know they're going to seduce people into buying their products. It's a very powerful tool. That's exactly right. So, Joe, and, and also this question is for Trace, too. It, as parents are listening today, there might be one parent that says, or even more, I mean, that's the hope, that says, oh, my, I did not realize this. So I've got to start pulling back on the music that we have are playing in my home. But how do they enter that conversation with their children? Because that's a big issue. I would say this. The first thing you need to do is, is confess and repent, okay, yourself. Mm-hmm. And you sit down with your kids and you apologize for exposing them to things. Once you realize what you've been doing and, and say things are going to change here. There's a new sheriff in town and, this, and we're going to make sure that I'm creating a safe spiritual home environment for you. And, and, but the apology, the confession... Uh, the repentance and the, the forgiveness, the apology part is really important. Now, that's basically the three steps to, to healing relationships is you have to first confess it, then you turn from it through repentance, and then there's got to be a, a forgiveness part of the equation. And then that's, that's pretty much it. And then you have to actively research and, and see what's going on here. And these are conversations, and I think Joe has a, a, a ton of resources that parents could acquire and help jumpstart this very thing you're talking about, Michelle. Yeah, my answer to that would be very similar, and I think that what you'd mentioned, Trace, is so important, uh, and I'm glad you brought that up, because parents need to lead by example, and I love how you brought up, you know, confession, repentance, apology, because you can't tell your kids, hey, you're listening to really evil music, and then they hear what you're listening to, and you're listening to music that's promoting the same stuff, it's just a bit older. But Paul gives that command, again, in Ephesians 5.11, have no fellowship with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. I'm a firm believer in exposing the darkness. And I did this with my children from a very young age. As soon as they were able to understand, you know, you, of course, some things are age appropriate as to what you expose, but I was able to see the fruit of that because by showing them, they became more aware than their friends mm-hmm. and people in, in, in the world, and even some friends of the church who drew different lines of what the, was behind the music. They became experts on the occult in music, and that's that they've become experts, but it took the shine off of Satan's seduction. Yeah. Well, Joe, we are, are out of time, brother, and can we pick this up again next time? Oh, Trace, I'd love to. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Joe Schimmel. If you're interested in learning more about Joe's work, go to goodfight.org. That's goodfight.org and find more resources there. Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent, an extension of Shepherds Hill Academy, our year-long Christ-centered wilderness-based residential program for troubled teens. You can learn more about this ministry to teens and their families at our website, licensedtoparent.org. 
Shepherd Hill Academy is expanding our campus, and we need your help. Would you consider giving a financial gift? A gift of any amount to Shepherd's Hill brings hope and healing to families in crisis. And you can give securely online by clicking the donate button at the top of the page when you visit licensedtoparent.org. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Daniel Fazina is our guest coordinator. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.